Hello everybody, I am Ed Housey. I'm COO and co-founder of a business called Hub. Uh, we're an insurance broker who are challenging the existing models using technology to strip out all of the cost and make it cheaper for customers to buy insurance. So we're a disruptive business. I'm here today to talk about the entrepreneurial mindset and the kind of things that I've learned about over the last couple of years of trading in this way um, and the things I've learned, the lessons I've learned and how you can apply that to business. So when I look at the entrepreneurial mindset, I did a bit of research on it and I found there was, there was five key things that most people bring up as being part of the entrepreneurial mindset. So you've got a positive mental attitude would be the first one that you need to have. You've got a creative mindset. You're persuasive in your communication. Um, you've got motivation and drive and you've got tenacity and the ability to learn from failure. So they're the five. But I want to deep dive those a little bit more because I think they're they're probably not detailed enough and they're not really lessons. They're high level things that you need to be aware of, but but not that detailed thing that you can actually action tomorrow. So I've, I've come up with 10 things that I've learned. I'm going to try and rattle through them nice and quickly because you don't want to hear me talk forever. Um, so I'll rattle through them at speed. But um, it's lessons I've learned that give you the, the best chance of success in, in running a business. And the first one for me is kind of a, a thing I've noticed within, uh, particularly I'm in the InsurTech and something I've noticed there, which is, um, I, I urge everyone to start with the idea. Start with the brilliant thing that you've come up with that you're going to have to be a founder of. You're going to have to found that business. Too often and too many times I've seen people come at it from the opposite direction and think, I want to be a founder. What idea can I come up with? And inevitably that doesn't come up with the best ideas um, because you're scraping around trying to find something. And also because you come out of university or you come out of a business and you want to go and find something, you're immediately under a, a pressure, a time pressure, a time constraint to come up with that idea. Whereas if you can find a, a niche, an industry to go and work in and learn all about it and see where all the problems are and then take your time to then go, okay, now I've got the idea and this is why it's going to be brilliant and you've built that network, that's a great way to go about it. So that's something that was really, really vital to me. I worked in insurance for 15 years probably before um, I came up with the idea for Hub and before we started to found that and worked several jobs, uh, several things at once whilst we were fleshing that idea out and bringing it to fruition. So that's the sort of thing you've got to do. And I think that points to a, a wider thing around you need when you're creating a business to allow your thoughts to be agile and flexible. Um, however, and there's going to be lots of contradictions in here, but you can't get that shiny object syndrome. You need to be flexible and when something's proven wrong, be able to change and be able to pivot and be able to come up with that, that, that kind of uh, this isn't working, so this is what we're going to do instead, or listen to other people's opinions and change your view or change your approach to things, but you still need to maintain that laser focus of executing on what your overall plan is. And far too often, uh, people go, oh, well, this is what we're going to do, and they stick rigidly to the plan, and then it fails, and they go, oh, that, that didn't work brilliantly, or they go the opposite way, and they're constantly taking advice in. So you've got to be open to the advice, but you've got to be selective with what you take and selective with the ideas um, that come your way. It's, it's largely a balancing act. I think entrepreneurship, to me, sounds like lots of contradictions because I'm saying do this, but sort of don't do that. And the reason is because it's a series as, as an entrepreneur, it's a series of really tight judgment calls that could go either way, but that you need to become really good at judging which decision it is to make. 
or better yet, using data uh, rather than opinion and thought to help you frame that. So lots of A-B testing um, around it. I think one of the other things that I would just urge you to completely ignore, if you can, is to completely ignore, is this new, um, and if you're on LinkedIn or Twitter or anything, there's this what, what they call hustle porn culture, which is, how early did you get? Well, I got up at 4 a.m. Oh, well, I got up at 3 a.m. Well, I got up at, at 2.15 a.m. and did hot yoga for an hour, and then I made 65 calls, and I'd smashed a billion dollars of income by the time the rest of the world was working. Just ignore it. It is absolute nonsense. It is an outlier. You will be at your best if you get eight hours of sleep and you look after yourself. That is my biggest bit of advice in the first year that I, I was in entrepreneurship, I nearly killed myself. I put on tons of weight. I was getting constant headaches. I neglected friends. I neglected family. And um, one of the, the favorite things to me is the four burners theory, which I, I urge you to have a look at online. But it's this idea that you've got four burners, which is your your friends, your family, um, your health, and your success, uh, your your work essentially, and that you can only really have you have to turn two of them off to be really successful. Um, urge you to look at that. It's a really good way of prioritizing what's important to you, um, and that was something that was me. But I, in my second year of of being an entrepreneur, all the mistakes I made in the first year of neglecting myself, I went completely the other way, and I started going, no, I'm going to get eight hours sleep a night. And I'm going to get a personal trainer, and I'm going to go and um, I'm going to go and work out, and I'm going to make sure that I take a lunch break. And and lo and behold, my business became more successful as a result of it. I was performing at a higher level because my body was rested, my mind was rested, and I had more thought to go into. If we go to those those first five things I said of the entrepreneurial mindset, you know, more time to be creative. Um, my communication was I was taking more time to be thoughtful, and therefore I was more persuasive in what I was saying. All of those things tie in together. So please don't, it's not clever to go to bed at 11 o'clock at night and be up at four doing, or just your body won't work. You're not more impressive than the need for the human body for sleep. So don't, don't beat yourself up about it. it most of it's nonsense. Um, in terms of who you surround yourself with, that's a really important thing. They often say that you are the sum of the four people that you spend the most time with in life. So uh, you know, surround yourself with positive people, first and foremost, to get that positive mental attitude. But also in terms of your hiring and who you bring in and who works on the business, I'd urge you to get uh, uh, to let your team and those around you be dominated by doers, people who go and just get stuff done. Um, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of I've seen a lot of people make the mistake of surrounding themselves with lots of brilliant strategists, really great people who've got amazing ideas, but don't want to execute on them. Um, they don't actually want to roll their sleeves up and get on with it. And their answer to every question is, um, <laughs> their answer to every question is, yeah, we could hire someone for that. That's not going to help you. You need people who will just say, not only can we do that, but I'll make that happen. Um, when you've got those people around you, it frees everything else up around you to just be going, doing that creative mindset, to be going and getting funding, to be thinking about the long-term strategy and working um, on the business and not in the business. Bit of a cliche, but that is really difficult when you're an entrepreneur, particularly when you're in a, in a startup culture. Um, 
but then don't neglect again it's this contradiction of fine lines you want a dominance of doers but don't neglect having those really good strategic advisors in and around your business people you can lean on for advice people who've been there and done it at different parts of your business so you know someone who's really great at knowing how to go and raise capital someone who's really great at sales and distribution those kind of things really really important and and get the best person you possibly can um, for any role in the business. There's no point cutting corners. Get the best person that you can possibly attract because recruitment is probably the hardest thing you'll ever do as an entrepreneur. And also as an entrepreneur, this was the one that, that's really stuck with me. It's your be ready to upskill. You cannot just hire someone for every problem that you have or you're going to run out of money very, very quickly. You need to become almost the ultimate generalist who can, certainly in the early days of the business, and then you scale it up and you have specialisms from there. But in the early days, you're going to need to upskill. You're going to need to know. And this is why I think a lot of businesses um, businesses that I've seen fail have failed because this, this kind of the founder comes in and they're great at one thing but they haven't learned about distribution. They haven't learned about marketing. They haven't learned about the technology that sits behind what they want to do. They haven't learned about fundraising, finance, all those kind of different things that you're going to need as a business owner uh, to be able to do a little bit of yourself to a high standard. So you're not constantly saying, okay, I need help on this. I'm going to outsource it and someone's going to charge me 750 pound a day, whatever it might be for that. So I would urge you to be willing to upskill and think about the areas where you have weakness. That doesn't mean don't go out and hire people to fill your weaknesses, but it does mean that the more you can do yourself to a point, going back to hustle culture, um, the more you can do to a point, the better, especially on quick, easy jobs. Um, the biggest thing that stuck with me over time was that first-time founders, um, I, I read this quote from AAVC, fund on LinkedIn. And they said, first time founders obsess over product, second time founders obsess over distribution. And that's something we took really personally, as the meme goes uh, at Hub. We we took it really personally and took it really kind of to heart that we went, okay, product's great and product's important. And I would never say neglect your product, neglect your service. It is important, but you've got to bear in mind at all times that an average product or a good enough product that's distributed really well will outsell an exceptional product that's distributed averagely to badly. Distribution and your routes to market is the most important part of being an entrepreneur. You can have the best product in the world, but if you don't know how you sell it, and if you don't put the time and effort into that, you are going to struggle at all times. We we genuinely, um, I met a uh, someone in my industry and they we told them where we'd gone in terms of growth and he looked me dead in the eye and said i don't believe you that you've done that he said well, how have you managed to do how have you managed to grow so quickly in an industry that's been struggling to grow quickly and i said to him and it's really simple and this is part of the mindset i said because every night whilst other people are worried about awards and um people praising them on linkedin and getting likes and building their followers and and just people telling them how brilliant they are. The only thing I go to bed every night and think about is where is our next, in our case, premium. So where is our next million pounds of gross written premium coming from? Where are our next, you know, 100 customers coming from for our business? Do we have sight of that? Do we have an understanding and a replicable process as to how that's going to come in? So that's really, really important. And um, think about how you're going to sell and put 
all of your thought into that because a lot of the problems that we talked about earlier or a lot of the issues that you can have earlier are solved. If you can sell your product, you get money. If you get money, you can invest it back into the business. And I think that brings me into um, my, my seventh one, which is hold every penny a prisoner within your business. Treat it like it's your own and bootstrap that business for as long as you possibly can. It's one of the best things we ever did at Hub was we 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 didn't take on capital early. We found ways. Um, we found ways, and we we worked two jobs, and we threw ourselves into different ways of doing things, and we 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 found automations and everything you can imagine to just be as lean as possible as a business and spend every penny like we were the tightest human beings in the world and protect that permit uh, that that position that we had which led to us questioning everything around return on investment. Every single penny we spent, we went, is it, as Sir Steve Redgrave said um, when he was training for the Olympics, will it make my boat go faster? That's what he did when he was training for the Olympics. He asked himself constantly, if I eat this meal, will it make my boat go faster? If it won't, I'm not going to do it. Apply the same with how you spend finance within your business. Before you spend a penny on everything, anything, it's about asking yourself that question, will this help me get to my end goal quicker? And that's something that we've done constantly. And that's also about protecting your equity as a business. I've seen lots of people give away big chunks of equity for not much. We always went in with the plan that we're going to be successful. We are going to take this through all the stages of a business from, from startup all the way through scale up to IPO to whatever it might be from there, but the whole journey. And therefore, every decision we made, we looked at it with that thought process in, which actually brings me on to number eight. Um, so we are hopefully rattling through them, but brings me on to number eight, which is um, statistically, you are likely to fail. When you are an entrepreneur or you're a business or a startup, statistically, every stat tells you that you are likely to fail. And you need to be realistic about that in your thought process. You need to have a backup plan for that. I can't tell you that start your business tomorrow and it's going to be amazing. It may not be. Um, so have that plan in mind, but go into it, as I was saying about going through those stages and planning for them, go into it with the view that you're going to be successful. Know that you might not be in the back of your mind, but go into it with that positive attitude that you're thinking, I'm going to make this. But more importantly, why are you going to make it? This is the biggest thing that I think a lot of entrepreneurs can't answer is you say, why are you going to be successful where everyone else has, has failed? Statistically, why should I back you? And when you can articulate that why, when you really understand what's differentiating you and why you're going to be successful beyond just because I'm brilliant or because I'm super talented, because you're probably not compared to a lot of the other entrepreneurs out there. The reality is what's your differential? Is it the idea is it your brute force of how you're going to work? Is it your model? Is it your go-to-market? Whatever it might be, understand why you're going to be successful. And as part of that, you're going to need to become really, really thick-skinned. Um, being thick-skinned is one of the biggest things I've had to learn. I've spent my entire career being thin-skinned. I uh, I take everything massively personally. Um, every I worked in a sales background for a long time. Every no that I got, um, I beat myself up for weeks about it. Um, I, I think it's what drove me on off them. But as an entrepreneur, you're going to get a lot of no's. You're going to get a lot of people who don't believe in what you do. You're going to get a lot of people who say, that's not for us. 
Um, you're going to get a lot of customers who say, we don't like what you offer. You're going to get a lot of people who don't want your product. You think it's rubbish. Uh, you'll see that on your Instagram posts. You'll get that feedback in customer surveys. You can't take that personally. You've got to become thick skinned around it. You've got to accept that you are not producing something that is for everyone. You're producing something that is for your target customer. And you've got to understand who that is. And you've got to be able to compartmentalize that failure. And then perhaps number 10 is my, my most important one that I, I've learned. Um, and we have this conversation regularly at Hub. It is protect your diary. There is no asset as an entrepreneur that you have that is greater than your time. You need to be across your business. You need to be working on it. Don't just have chats with people. Don't have meetings. Think really carefully about, do I need that 10-minute meeting? Could that meeting be an email, as the old adage goes? Um, what's the most efficient way of getting this done? Because you only have so many hours in a day for burners theory, non-hustle culture. Um, yeah, Having that eight hours in a day, getting the proper amount of sleep. You have a finite amount of time Will it make my boat go faster? Same with your diary. Protect it at all costs. Don't be just taking meetings and networking and you know actually think about, it doesn't mean don't network, but it means if you're going into that meeting, just a chat isn't value. Go into it. What do I want out of this chat? What's my shopping list from it? What am I wanting to walk away? How quickly can I articulate that? How quickly can I encourage them to articulate it? Protect your diary. Take the important meetings. I hope that's been useful. We've covered a lot of ground very, very quickly there. But that's my lessons I've learned as an entrepreneur over the last couple of years. Um, thank you very much for listening. I hope it was helpful. Thanks.